that time again for the assault on your ears we call Lower Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I am Aaron, and with me as always is Stavros. Tonight on our screens is episode three of season three, Mining the Mines, Mining, 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 Mining the, no, it's the, I knew this Mining would be a tough of to the Mines, Mine. Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. You did, One you got take. There. And in our cups is the nectar of our fantasies. Uh, on the rocks, of course. Why don't you tell us about it, Stavros? Yes, it is on the rocks. Um, I am drinking another Old Smoky whiskey brand. Um, this time, salted caramel flavor, and on the rocks, lots of ice in here. Um, I've got to say, ever since you turned me on to the Old Smoky brand of flavored whiskeys, I can't get enough. This flavor is great too. Um, I have no regrets. I'm glad you uh, turned me on to this stuff. Indeed, Old Smoky, a fantastic elixir. Uh, wide variety of flavors. Even their base is pretty darn good. Of course, we have yet to find the fabled root beer flavor, but someday in the distant oh. future, we may wet our whistles with I'm excited. such an elusive taste. Before we get into the episode, though, there are some things going on. I I posted a, a picture on our Twitter, the at Lower Dorks, of the legless baby that we discussed from last episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, it started kind of a firestorm. People are, are thinking that the baby was simply swaddled on the lower half. Even Mike McMahon tweeted and said it's a double swaddle. I feel sorry for those baby's kids. If they are swaddling <laughs> their babies that tightly. Just the lower half. That you can't yeah. tell the baby's got legs. That cannot <laughs> be comfortable. Like, I feel like their babies are going to have, like, degenerative leg disorders they are never gonna play <laughs> basketball i'm just saying well you know i've swallowed a baby i have a two-year-old and i i, I swallowed him when he swaddled. was a kid swaddle there's swaddled. a d in there not swallow Swad, Jesus, swaddled swaddle had too much of the uh the old smoke already but anyway i mean why would you so if it is a swad, i'm gonna I, i'll tell you what i'm gonna die on this hill if you are swaddling just the legs is that really a swaddle I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm going with the legless baby. I, I'm going with our original call here that it's a legless baby. Yeah, so legless baby. if you have a problem with us, just just give me a tweet and I will be sure to argue with you about it. Yeah, I know. It's definitely legless. Want. There's no explanation. That is not a swaddle. Why is it just no. the, the lower half? It's like a bandage. Yeah, it looks like a bandage. It, it does. It's like that... bandaging the lower. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, McMahon. Anyway. I call uh, bullshit. You need to uh, <laughs> get tighter reins on your art department so they stop putting legless babies <laughs> in your show. Yeah, if it's a blanket and you need to swaddle the baby, just tell them it's a blanket. You know, it's it's not a bandage. Anyway, like I said, I will die on this hill. But anyway, something else for us to talk about. So today was uh, Star Trek Day, that marketing day where you get to release all kinds of things about Star Trek. I, I love that this is like such an American thing to do. We have turned <laughs> marketing events into holidays. It used to be you took holidays and you made them marketing events. But now we mm. flipped the script. I can't wait until I can go to the store and in the Hallmark section and I can buy a card for Star Trek Day. Make Happy that Star Trek Day. <laughs> oh anyway, uh, there was a clip for an upcoming Lower Decks episode this season. It's the USS Wafer teaser. And you know we watched this just a short time ago with the uh, Cerritos getting attacked uh, by Romulans. I'm going to put the, the link to the clip um, in the episode description, so be sure to check that out. But how about that Bucephalus dagger to the rescue, captaining his own sovereign class? A number one captain. You know, when I first started watching this, I'm all like, are we going to see the return of Dupla Boimler? <laughs> Does he have his own Ooh. ship? Did he yeah. pull, uh, what was that guy's name, <laughs> Vendemar? 
Vendome? Vendome, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, alas, uh, this no. appears to be a, a follow-up to Crisis Point. So, yes. uh, gonna be some I think so. more uh, holodeck shenanigans, apparently. I guess every time they do one of these episodes, the Cerritos has to get heavily damaged or destroyed. That's just how it works. Could it's be. just like a rule. Ooh, you know what? Maybe this one is gonna flip the script. And this is oh. going to be one of Mariner's holodeck uh, scenarios. And Boimler <laughs> That Boimler is taking over, yes. It. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same okay, thing. Okay, so you're telling me it's wrong is what you're saying. Oh, <laughs> it could very well be. <laughs> but you know, another thing about this clip is we see the uniforms that we had spotted in the trailer. It looks like a riff on the first contact, you know, gray shoulder uniform with a little white stripe below the shoulders. Yeah, definitely. And that looks like that's where white. the uniform is from. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to point out one thing that uh, Boimler could have named himself anything, and what did he name himself? <laughs> named himself after a horse. After a horse, yeah. <laughs> you know, Dagger at least sounds cool, Captain Dagger. No, but, no, no, Alexander the Great's horse. Uh, no, Dagger sounds like a burlesque dancer. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I'd watch that Amazing. episode. Boimler is a burlesque dancer. Make it happen. <laughs> it's only—I feel like it's only a matter of time until that happens only a matter of time but anyway shall we talk about this actual episode i don't know i feel like the mining uh, of the mind's mine and uh you know maybe that's good <laughs> for the this show episode. Here. Yeah. yeah makes sense <laughs> wait i think we already did this bit we gotta be a little more careful yeah. here oh yeah yeah, yeah. Gonna, gonna get a little stale <laughs> <laughs> this show stale come on anyway let's talk about this episode mining the mind's mines when Tendi gets terrible advice from the ship's counselor on how to be a senior science officer, Mariner, Rutherford, and Boimler clean up psychic minds because they are 100% professionally prepared to do that. Well, I mean, they, they've got the right equipment, it seems, you know. Gloves? Like, you know, here's the best part, though. Like, they, they have gloves. They've got the little, you know, grabber <laughs> things. They've got a container yeah. for them. Uh-huh. Is there protocol for psychic minds? Like, has this come up before? <laughs> I don't know. Judging by the level of uh, protection they have, which is close to none, I'm going to say no. And they're just seated there pantsing it. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you just need to avoid skin contact, right? So how much protection do you need? Like, you're well, not... why, why do you need to... I mean, they're psychic minds. Why do you need to avoid skin contact? Uh, because, uh, reasons? <laughs> reasons? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Wait, do the oh mines themselves turn people to stone if you touch them? Because we didn't see anybody touch them in the episode. Oh, they yeah they they only turn to stone when they touch the yeah they, they actual they illusion. touch the apparitions, or which the, is like right. Why do the apparitions need you to touch them? Couldn't the I apparitions just touch people? Like I'm really in the weeds on these psychic minds, man. <laughs> like I got so many questions. Like, I yeah, I have a whole clump of things to talk about you know what? when we get to the actual rocks. Uh, yeah, hopefully when they release the uh, Lower Decks series companion there's some sort of explanation of the psychic mind. Because <laughs> I got so many questions. None of it makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Did you did you ever have those books when you were growing up in like the late 90s? The about the psychic guide? minds? No. no. Never, never had Just any the nitpicking books about... about the... No. Definitely not psychic minds. But there was, like, Nitpicker's Guy where they would pick out all of the little errors and stuff uh, on original series and next gen. I, I grew up on a farm. I Just had me. farming tools when I was a kid. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, my I hope that to- uh, one of these My favorite toy happens. was an old pair of boots. Oh, that's really sad. I'm sorry. 
Are you gonna be upset? Should we should we just Back to the episode? <laughs> Let's talk about the rock people. Um I love that they're called the Scrubble. I feel like someone in a writer's room was like, Okay, they're rock people, um boulders, rubble. Um just put uh put us to, to scrubble. Yeah, scrubble, it's yeah. It's like that's a it. portmanteau of rubble and scrabble. <laughs> Are they do they have something to do with scrabble? No, like not the game scrabble, the stuff scrabble. The scu- what is this? what's the non game scrabble? I don't know what that is. I didn't uh, know that was a real word. I thought that was just the name of the game. Yeah, it's uh jeez, oh, I'm gonna have to pull up the dictionary on this one. I'm probably wrong or mispronouncing it. Um Scrabble is we'll have to come back to it maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's you know, it's like a loose stone and whatnot. Oh, okay. I guess that would make sense then, right? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe I'm just completely misremembering things. You're just making things up? Uh, Definitely not making them up, but, you know, a little drunk. (laughs) I mean, this old Smokey is pretty good. Yes, it is. But anyway, I love how the whole plot with the between the scientists and the scrubble is resolved before the Cerritos even gets there, and it's just kind of like hand waved in like the first few seconds after the opening credits. Oh yeah, very much in the personality of the show. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, I love how the uh, opening, um, the teaser is like the cold opening. Cold yeah. opening, mm-hmm. nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Completely no. irrelevant. Completely <laughs> misrepresentative. Um, yeah, yeah, like just a uh, red herring, basically. Basically, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe that was like how this whole thing started, and then like they decided, hey, let's work together. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but as long as we're talking about that cold open, whoa, man, so much to unpack in this scene, dude. How old is that guy? Like fifty, sixty, and he's still crushing yeah. on his seventh grade geology teacher. Damn, dude. <laughs> kind of weird. Move on. Kind of sad. <laughs> kind of creepy. Yeah. That being said, boy howdy, do I want to read the adventures of Speedy McWheels. <laughs> you can't tease this book and not give it to me. I don't know, a book about car racing, would that even work? I mean, I gotta believe, you know, it's a big universe. Somebody out there is still racing cars. They're racing shuttles, they're racing cars. So maybe. Ooh, maybe we'll get an episode that's like the holodeck adventures of Speedy McWheels. Oh, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I guess if Stevens can get unstoned, then maybe this guy could too. Maybe he's still alive yeah, somewhere. Maybe, but you know what? This this whole cold <laughs> open just is going way too hard on making the colonists look ridiculous. Well, they were. I mean, even Ransom says that the uh, this these bunch of goofball scientists couldn't even be bothered to join Starfleet. Yeah, you They're know, just, uh, just sciencing on their own. They went a little like overboard of with Ransom's rant. Ransom's rant. Yeah. Ranting ransom, ransom yeah. rant. Ooh, ransom rants. Ah man, could be its own. That's a segment. new YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? They do mention his stand-up comedy. Maybe <laughs> we tie these things together. Yeah, it could work. But, but why is he so bent out of shape about about scientists? I don't do you know. think that's like a common Starfleet thing, or is I, it just ranting? No, just I think it's just hung up on that. I don't know what it is. Something in Ransom's background, man. But like, it just—it's <laughs> a real bad look on you, Ransom. I like this. I feel like this whole season has just been Ransom character assassination. I'm really not <laughs> pleased by this. Yeah, they're they're not doing him any favors. I feel like the showrunners were like, ah, this Ransom guy, people love him way too much, and he's too awesome. <laughs> You know, we need Got to take him down, him down a peg because they were <laughs> jealous. jealous. He's still having the positive effect on Mariner, though, so that is yeah, that that's is something. Nice. Yeah, it's a saving grace. Yeah, sends his boy Stevens into yeah. the lion's den. Yeah, I was just gonna say Stevens. I mean, 
that's the whole segue to get Stevens in this episode Indeed. is uh, the whole ransom connection. You know, I would say Stevens <laughs> is the worst, but this is also a Miglimo episode, so yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I want, let's talk about Stevens first. I mean, according to Stevens, Ransom has the strongest core in the fleet. I mean, I think we've established this. This is like a known <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> that and the lava tubes. That's right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, Ransom saved the day on multiple occasions. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's pluses and minuses to Ransom this season, for sure. On the other hand, Stevens, a bit of a creeper. Bit of a creeper. Just a little bit. Yes. Yeah. He's still hitting on women ineffectually at the end of the episode. That's like kind of his thing. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> he just he's kind of sad. I do love the fact though that like his arms are like all in a cast at the end of the episode. Yeah. And he goes to drink his drink, but he can't because he can't move his arms. <laughs> so he just like throws yeah. it at his face. Oh. <laughs> you know what? That is that that's is that's peppermint stops. Solid characterization right there. Love it. Uh, you got to think the peppermint stops burns when you uh, or uh, is well cinnamon stops cinnamon stops. That's got to burn when you get that in your face. I would think any alcohol in your eyes would not feel good. Yeah. Something about the cinnamon really, really seals the deal about the sting, I feel like. Anyway, (laughs) enough about Stevens. He, uh... He's yeah. in this, and if you well, need more Stephen Hilarity, well, let's be fair. Really... Any amount about Stevens is more than enough about Stevens. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, let's uh, let's talk more about Tendy's subplot in this episode. I love that they're they're chasing up the senior science officer, like kind of avenue for her. It's funny to call it senior science officer training. Like, aren't you? Don't you get to be a, sci- a senior science officer by having science officer experience? I don't know. Kind of a weird, a weird term. You know, it is a weird term. But I mean, at least they go like a ways to explain that it's like, yeah, it's role based, <laughs> right? It's it's not yes. just you stick around long enough, you eventually become senior, get promoted. Yeah, yeah. I actually love how they talk about how this becoming the senior officer is not about necessarily about knowing the material, but also how to manage up. Yes. And that's something that uh, a real life skill that a lot, of, a lot of people don't have. Well, it's because like most places don't teach it, and I love the fact yeah. that they have an entire program and mentorship role that goes into it. But apparently, <laughs> much like the real world, they don't properly vet their candidates for mentorship. No. Oh God, let's talk about Doctor Vigliano. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little side tangent here because this is something that's bothered me for a while. <laughs> And it's not necessarily just about Miglimo. It's kind of like a meta thing. So, I mean, we've established that Miglimo is the worst. Yes, I Uh, think so. But here's the thing. Miglimo, he wears a brown blazer, right? Right. Which is like typical old school psychologist affair. You know, you look back in like, you know, a 60s or 70s show and you see the psychologist. That's what he's wearing. He's the intellectual, you know... I mean, the only thing he's missing is the patch on the elbows. <laughs> I think I think in some shots you can see that. Does he have patches on the elbows? And I just didn't know. I think so. Oh, jeez. I think in certain shots, you can only see it in certain shots. Yeah, I really need shots. to sober up here. Anyways, <laughs> here's the weird question. Clearly, he wears that because that's what he chooses to wear. Because we don't see anybody else wearing that. Right. Which means that he's trying to present an image to the humans. Right. Or to his, you know, colleagues. Okay. yeah. If that's the case, what was Deanna Troy trying to say with her outfit? <laughs> She's putting her her patience at ease by. I, I know. you know what, being in a room with uh, Marina Marina Sirtis dressed like that, <laughs> that would not put me at ease. 
at all. I mean, <laughs> whew, I tell you what, yeah. my blood pressure would be up. <laughs> For one reason or another that we're not going to get into on this show, probably. <laughs> but no, you're right. He's He's definitely trying to project a certain kind of appearance. And if that means 1970s psychologist, then like, apparently that's what he wants. Indeed. Um, I love that he calls the bartenders by various strange names. He uh, he says Garçon in the first scene with Tendi, and then Innkeeper at the end, which makes absolutely zero sense. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> other than to portray that he is, once again, the worst. Just like, goofy. I can yeah. handle Garçon, although I didn't don't recall, like, who was the bartender in that scene. If it was a boy, I think that's fine. But, yeah. like, Innkeeper? It's not even an inn! Like, why? <laughs> why, Miglimo? I don't know. But here's the weird thing. What was he saying in his native language that the Universal Translator translated it to Innkeeper? I don't know. So many questions. I don't know. I think he's just trying to... He's like one of those guys that likes to say sophisticated things without like thinking about what they mean first. You know, just so you sound fancy. Yes. I have a vocabulary. Okay. I don't know what any right. of it means. But it's a vocabulary. <laughs> I was thinking like a corporate type that says, you know, synergy and, you know, fancy, like, fancy terms where they, they don't really know what it means. Everyone knows what synergy means. <laughs> everyone. Literally everyone. But anyway, the one nice thing about Miglimo is that he actually... So here's the thing. He, he obviously is unprepared. He barely knows what he's doing. He, like skims through a this manual about what to do and barely picks up anything but he does give tendy legit advice which is yeah you know how to manage up and stand up to the captain unqualified unprepared yet still gives good advice which <laughs> i'm gonna chalk it up to being a fluke because yeah. he does nothing else good in the entire series except <laughs> that one scene he must be one of those guys where, like, you know, in school where they just never prepared or did homework, but they did okay on the test because they just have, like, intuition, you know? I, I, no, one of those no, not even intuition. Like, he gets everything wrong that we've seen <laughs> so far. I am betting, I am betting it's more of, he's a guy who is unprepared, unskilled, completely dumb, and yet every once in a while <laughs> remembers something he saw written on the side of a bus. And everybody somehow thinks that he is deep, despite the fact that he said 60 dumb things and one meaningful thing. And nobody asks where he got it, because it don't fit in with anything else he said. Amazing. I think you're right. But, you know, Tendi, to her credit, well, I guess to her credit, completely disregards the advice from Miglimo, but then gets pretty much the exact same advice from Dr. Ta'ana. Well, Dr. Ta'ana says, don't be afraid to mess up, which... I guess it's different advice. I think Tana's <laughs> advice is much more nuanced. And it's yeah. not like just a, well, this is what you're supposed to do. It's more of a, you know, shit, you gotta try stuff. Good luck. Yeah, take risks, right? I do like the fact, though, that at the end, Tendi's all like, I have a pretty good mentor as she's looking at Tana. <laughs> and then Miglimo <laughs> inserts into the scene is like, yes, I oh, am. <laughs> Ah, yeah. This is so Miglimo. I mean, yeah. That's, uh, he's just the worst. <laughs> but okay. But okay, because he saw something on the side of a box, as you said, one time. One time. Uh, let's see. What else can we talk about? Oh, you know, an interesting detail I picked out is in some of these lounge scenes and, um, even in the briefing room, 
um, you can see, you know, the the uh, the other ship, the other California class, the Carlsbad, <laughs> which hilariously, by the way, uh, Mariner calls the crew of the Carlsbad batters. Yeah, like B A D. I mean, what else are you going to call them? Carls's? I don't know. Yeah, I think batters is the only thing that works. Do you call the Cerritos crew like the? I don't even know the series. I don't know. I anyway, I'm getting distracted by the ship, but. Yeah, that's that's just weird. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I love that the Carlsbad has the blue stripe on it. Did you notice not just ship? the blue stripe, but like its hole is like, I don't know whether it's a di- different texture or different color, but it just looks a little different. At first I thought it was just like, oh, it's oh. farther away, slightly different lighting. But no, it's like a slightly different texture. Interesting, because you know the Cerritos has been has had like two complete makeovers. Yeah, so. and it's been de-hulled and re-hulled, so yeah, maybe that's right. that's what it is. Interesting, but yeah, it's it's cool. We see a lot of uh, detail in these two scenes that I mentioned, uh, where you can see the nacelles and parts parts of the other ship through the windows. Just a neat little detail since they were parked right next to each other. It's kind of an excuse for someone in the art department to be like, "I made a high res image of the ship. Guess what? We're going to use it in the scene." And they are going to be dangerously close together all the time. <laughs> you know, last time they were dangerously close to a California class, everyone, every, like the ship got terraformed. So Yeah, well, I mean, you always want to set up for adventure. These things happen. Uh, but let's go to the other plot with Mariner and company down on the, the planet with the rocks. I love how the advice that uh, Stevens gives is to not think about baseball to distract you from your fantasies, but Parisi Squares. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that Stevens, his fantasy, is a sandwich. <laughs> he says it's a sandwich. I think right? that would wind up being true, appears. based on what we've seen of Stevens. <laughs> mm, that or uh, cinnamon schnapps. <sighs> that actually sounds pretty good right now. Anyways. Mm. But yes, uh, you can always distract yourself from your fantasies by thinking about shiny blue jumpsuits. Uh, you know, speaking as, uh, of fantasies... I want to comment on something about each of their fantasies. Okay. So, I love the fact that Boimler's fantasy is a mysterious animal showing up on a scooter to promote him. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, we were looking at the uh, the close-up of the scooter before. If you look at the bottom part of it, it looks like no. part of a... No, it doesn't. ...original series it's Connie. It's just, it's yeah. the Connie... You can see the nacelles. It's, it's that TOS aesthetic, right? It's, yeah. I don't think that's a Connie at all. The color is wrong. The shape is off. No. <laughs> Look, the shape of the nacelles you know, is right there. I do wonder about this thing. This thing has to exist somewhere. I can't imagine <laughs> they just invented this for the Made episode. It it's got to be like there was some 70s toy or something that they sold. Hmm. But I couldn't find Could anything, be. sadly. But, you know, a bounty on this thing. If you find it, I will <laughs> mention yes, your name yes. on our famously famous podcast and and have dozens of listeners dozens of people will know who you are dozens (laughs) no you're totally right it's you know speaking of that admiral i thought he would think of uh like Riker would come and promote him or something like that in fact when i saw the beard i was like oh Riker!" but no i was expecting some sort of like famous or well-known admiral uh obviously i was hoping for (laughs) jellico obviously obviously but you know what? It's just, like, I don't think this guy is anybody. And it's disappointing. No. Really just dropped the ball uh, there. Guy. You know, yeah. I mean, you have two jobs here. And one of them, one of them is to put 
references nonstop in the show, and you failed. <laughs> you missed yeah. an opportunity. It was an easy opportunity. Yeah. Uh, speaking of other people's fantasies, how about the Leah Brahms fantasy for Rutherford? So I feel like Leah Brahms has made many more appearances in Star Trek as someone's fantasy as opposed to the real person. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, the real question much. is, does Rutherford creep on her like Jordy did? <laughs> Rutherford thinks of Parisi Squares and she goes away. So there's that. that I don't think that, that means anything. I do love the <laughs> fact, though, that uh, she later teams up with Mariner's fantasy yeah. to try and entice Mariner <laughs> How does that happen? Three-way. <laughs> how does this, uh, how does these rocks... Uh, so many questions about these stupid rocks. Like they take the fantasies from two different people, and then they can interact with each other too. Like, I, how does that I work? don't find that as unreasonable. I mean, they can see each other's fantasies, and you know, you can have multiple fantasies. <laughs> I guess. So why the it's heck just not? reacting in live in live you know yeah. like live reaction? Maybe to they're like networked so. together. You don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh wait, yeah. they are networked, networked together. Rocks. Yeah, we see it later. They're uploading their yeah. data. You know what? I, I feel like we need to talk about about the rocks and the rock plot at this point. We're, we've been dancing around it, but this is just this is just silly. Okay, rock specifically, the whole rock mine reads your fantasies, but if you break the rock, then it reads your nightmares. And why that is is unclear, but that's just how it works. Once you break them, it's nightmares. Once you, but you that's not what happened. Up, that's not what happened. Yeah. because later <laughs> shit get when shit gets weird. They're like. It's not just reading our nightmares. It's not just yeah. It's, yeah, like yeah nobody's yeah, right. nightmare it's, it's is a werewolf wearing a hat. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it mixes them all together. It gets them all jumbled together too. I do love the fact though that Mariner's like fantasy is a you know hot chick who is basically her cheerleader who you know will do whatever, right. and her mm-hmm. nightmare is the same person only wanting a commitment. <laughs> yeah. We'll grow old and raise orchids. I love that <laughs> like Mariner's Mariner's imagination of what commitment is like is a werewolf. Like <laughs> I wanna know the Mariner brain logic that has made that connection. <laughs> At least it's consistent with her character because we all know that she is afraid to make friends and all that. Yeah. Um and let people in so oh i'm not saying i'm not saying it's not within character and doesn't fit with what we've seen before i'm just saying it's goofy definitely but then there's the whole turning people to stone thing it's like how does that fit into like the plot you know with the the mines and also with the plot between the it makes sense trying to steal information it makes sense if you assume that the rock people and the colonists started as enemies okay the colonists figured out what the rock people could do and the rock people just didn't want to you know have the colonists invading their space so they're like hey you know we can use this technology and work together to make a bunch of money and the rock people are like oh yeah and we can just leave each other alone outside of our money making endeavors so they decided to work together so originally it was supposed to turn people to stone so they couldn't right. change it later without somebody okay. getting suspicious. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I guess if you need, it's like a red herring. You're saying, of like, course it does. They still turn my drunk stone. logic right. is rock solid. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there with the rock. I, I didn't do anything. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk more about this plot. So they stream this data that they steal from people via the mine rocks that they're just cleaning up 
and dump it into this facility inside a tunnel that's not guarded by anyone and unlocked. Well, I mean, they probably so they could then sell things on the black market. Anybody to go looking for it. The cave, though, totally shades of uh, Star Trek 25th anniversary. Like I felt I had oh. seen this scene before, and I went looking for it, and it may not be intentional, but a cave full of spheres hidden behind a door. That was totally something from that game. Right. I don't remember game, much yeah. about the game, but I remember that scene. The rocks part. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that game wasn't very it could be, good. It could be an un- unintentional reference or a loose reference for sure. Um, but then the most hilarious part, the Scrubbles are trying to get the captains to take the gift. The gift is not even one of the telepathic rocks. They went a different approach there and put a Federation tech listening device inside a rock. And then we're going to use that as a listening device. So they they had like a two-pronged approach for how to steal information. Yeah, because that way if the, the captain's making a call to other people, you can hear what's on the other end. That makes sense. <laughs> totally. I don't think that makes sense. You know what? I, for my own sanity, I'm going to believe it makes sense. <laughs> you got to make it to make sense somehow. However your mind wants to wants to piece it together, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I feel like the, the whole uh, telepathic rocks... Like they do different things. It's it's all it's all confusing. I think they they got a little jumbled in the, in the plot. Super there. confusing. <laughs> if it wasn't like super important that it all makes sense, uh, yeah. If this was like a TNG episode, I'd have a lot of questions. But <laughs> I can let it slide because it's a comedy show. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh, I love the. We talked about it in our previous episode talking about the trailer, but. Uh, Kukulkan's uh, was Stevens's nightmare. Yeah, why is Stevens uh, afraid of Kukulkan? Like, <laughs> it's not explained at all. He just shows up. He doesn't strike me as a dude stone. who is well informed on like the history no. of other Starfleet officers. Is like Kukulkan still out there terrorizing people? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Is this like a no read risk the log of and... being in space? <laughs> I don't know. If you see a Kukulkan, run away. Yeah, it's part of Starfleet training. That was pretty funny. Could be. Maybe you have to read about that yes. mission in uh, in the academy. And, and you know what? Contrary to our initial uh, suppositions, all of the nightmares aren't necessarily nightmares of specific crew members because there was four other people mm. there. That's true. Though we do know Borg Snake is apparently Rutherford's fear. <laughs> Did not see Did you that notice coming at all. When the Borg Snake appears, they uh, they inserted the little Borg transporter effect too. I actually was, didn't really notice sold that. It. Yeah, a real neat little detail. Still disappointed that we didn't know who the Klingon clowns with the Batlas were. Arms. <laughs> yeah, like, who's kind of that? Who that belongs to? It's got to be one of the other ships, the Carlsbad, the the, the Batters, one of their yeah, one of their uh, nightmares or something. You know, we haven't talked too much about the Batters, and I, I got things to say about them. Oh, like what? Okay, so did you notice the one dude has webbed hands? Yes. Like, what's up with that? Is he like? that is he that race of uh those guys who are like that one dude who got into it with wesley, wesley right? at Star yes Trek command what yes. were they called the they were like zoe zaldanas or something <laughs> they're zaldans but yes close close i mean i kind of <laughs> remembered so is it that race because this guy didn't come off yeah, as that much of a so. dick yeah he was kind of a little gruff but not not really an a-hole like uh, that guy was in that episode but indeed and then totally. also we have the chick yes kerns 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 yeah 
And so, at the end of it, when Boimler has the com badge moment, right? Where <laughs> yes. they keep trying to badge up simultaneously. It kind of made me yeah. realize something. Is this entire episode just a meet-cute for Boimler and uh <laughs> and <Kearns>? that girl? <laughs> yeah. You know, at this rate, even if it is, we won't see Kearns again for, like, at least another full season. That's the rate at which <laughs> we, content is revisited in this show. But it's possible. Who knows? I definitely yeah. don't. But then there was the other guy, the, uh... Tellerites. Yeah, the Tellerite. Like, he, he gets a few lines, but, like, he doesn't do much else. He's just kind of there. No, he's just there. I feel, yeah. I, I don't know. Not much about him. Yeah. Maybe he was the, the uh, clown Klingon guy. I don't know. Something like that. I think it's irrelevant. <laughs> he was just there to be, you know, the uh, batter three to the uh, warp core, in this case, three. The warp core four? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, warp core three. Darn, it doesn't rhyme anymore. Yeah, oh. I know. That's, uh, didn't think through. Uh, a little gag that was that was pretty fun is when Stevens get, gets uh, enlisted by Mariner to help things go faster. Um, he's like, uh, you know, and Mariner kind of makes it seem like the, the Carlsbad crew was uh, critiquing um, Ransom's command style. He he pulls the sleeves down on his uniform to, like, make them little makeshift gloves and begins, uh, like, picking things, like, picking up the rocks and putting them in the containers. And I'm thinking, like, to myself, like, that's the only reason why the rest of the crew have telepathic or uh, gloves for these telepathic rocks yeah because they just so they can the set up that gag tools they don't need the gloves <laughs> yeah that's I think the only reason why right. is so stevens could make this joke yeah they animated funny. gloves the entire time just to make this dumb joke oh yeah, and it, it is great it is dumb oh my god it has the payoff yeah it's such a brief scene but pretty good I enjoyed it. I do wonder, like, when they're sitting around, like, the writer's room, like, developing these shows, when they're sending notes to the animators, are they, like, really, like, putting this much thought into it, or... <laughs> they must be. I mean, there's all... So much detail in there, it's gotta be mentioned, at least. Yeah, could be. Or maybe just, like, know. the animators decide to do their own thing. Who knows? I mean, it is... Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Mike McMahon comes to them, it's like, okay, so there's this animated series episode made in 1971... I need you to go and look up that episode, and we want to make that, except flying all around and turning this guy to stone. They're probably like, what the hell is this? I'm willing to bet they've got storyboards. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what was also hilarious is during that fight, when the fight breaks out at the end there, uh, we were, uh, you know, I, I was hoping that they would go back to the crystal planet, but no, it's just random crystals from that cave that has the computer in it that's collecting all the collated uh information wait you thought they were going to go back to the the crystal planet i, I was kind of hoping they were because in the trailer they you know people run out of the cave with crystals you're super I know. weird but you know one thing though about the cave the technology yeah. in the cave it's got okay. big green spheres was this stuff made by vulcans oh like i just that's all i could think about when i looked at this stuff because it's all like that's that's what we saw on the vulcan ship i don't know there's a lot of stuff i mean they tried really hard to make it this fusion of you know starfleet tech or i guess federation tech and the green mines yeah i don't know yeah i'm I'm going vulcans that's my story and i'm sticking to it anyway during this fight when everyone's you know fighting the nightmares i like rutherford just goes straight for stevens he runs across the screen just holding a statue of uh 
Stevens with his arm snapped off. They definitely do fantastic fight scenes in this series. <laughs> like, no, they don't take them seriously. There's all this ridiculous background stuff. It's the whole jet holding on to the uh, doll in the Collector episode. Yeah. It's just stuff like that is, is Fun fantastic. Yeah. But let's jump back to the other location on the ship with Tendi and the two captains dealing with the Scrubbles and the scientists and the negotiation. A couple of fun details in that conference room scene. Uh, we both picked out, uh, you know, on that there's this table with food laid out on it. And there's a cheese cutting board with a starship as the cutting board. And you pointed out that the little cookies are, are uh, made in the shape of Starfleet Deltas. That was pretty fun. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. No, like uh, I would say it makes sense. Yeah, there. no, like I guess the Delta cookies is fine. I imagine if you're like replicating all your food, it can be any shape you want. Yeah, someone just has like a has it really you know you really enjoy the Delta, so they're like they go to the replicator and be like, I need a uh, three dozen cookies in the shape of uh, Starfleet Deltas, please. Which is super weird that everybody loves Deltas. I don't get it. Why make <laughs> everything out of Deltas? It'd be like if. Know you know you were an american and you put the american flag on everything and made everything into american oh they're southerners Awkward. suddenly it all makes oh. sense <laughs> correct uh, yeah. we're from south federation space <laughs> we which, got the uh, ship which worlds nuts. are from south federation space we're gonna fly on over to jeb's planet gonna shoot our phasers into the air <laughs> anyway uh, probably a few dozen listeners we lost there. Make it oh, fun yeah. of the South. That's all of our listeners. That's all of our yeah, listeners. That's sad. Yes. <laughs> we just lost every single listener that we had. That's fine. We knew this was only a matter of time. <laughs> all right, where were you <laughs> anyway, going with this thing? <laughs> I wanted to talk about the rock, the scrubble totem that the guy tries to give to the two captains. Why did neither of them want it? What's wrong with it? Well, it's pretty obvious. It's just ugly? No, it's because it's like a generational conflict, right? The one guy is trying to say, oh, I'm so different and focused on the job. And he slights the captain, so the captain's trying to give him stuff. And he's refusing. <laughs> it's this whole cultural divide. And they each are, you know, taking it personally. Yeah, I got the generational thing, but I wasn't, I couldn't quite piece it together other than just to make, to, to kill time for enough time for the away team to get into trouble and come back and report that they're trying to, you know, information's being stolen from them, so... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good bit, you know. It's no. what it is. <laughs> it was funny, but when you think about it, it kind of falls apart. You're like, what? What's going on? Nobody wants this little thing to put behind their desk. You know what we do need to cover is the koala. So here's the thing: Stevens, when he was dead, he yes. saw a koala sitting on the Black Mountain. Yes. Did Shaq see the koala? We don't know. Did he know it was a koala? Like <laughs> he's are definitely there mentioned the Black Mountain on Bajor. Yeah. Were koalas once some like intergalactic <laughs> space-faring species that have now had their empire destroyed by some great koala war? Like these are questions I need answered. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody's got. It's going to become a thing eventually. I, I bet you Shax did see it. And he just didn't recognize it as a koala. He just mentioned the mountain. And that was it. Well, the thing is, though, in the bit where he explains to Rutherford, he only gets through the Black Mountain bit before yeah. they it's cut away. Him. So maybe right. the next thing was all like, "Have you ever seen a koala, son?" <laughs> <laughs> 
But you know, I, I pointed this out to you earlier. Uh, hilariously, in the bumper for lower the Star Trek bumper for lower decks, where the ship flies around and makes the Delta, at least on Paramount Plus. If you look really closely for one of the shots, you can see there an is outline a of nebulous the koala. koala. It is definitely there, and I mean nebulous as in made out of a nebula. Of a nebula, not in, yeah. You know, I, the, I think we got it. The verb. Yeah. You know. Thank you. Yeah. I yeah. Appreciate that. So the koala is definitely a thing. Yes. The celestial koala is a thing. I need to know more, like, why a koala, though? Yeah, like, I need to know Somebody's going to ask McMahon about this. Is this just one yeah. of those things they did on an off gag and you're going to keep bringing it back now? Or <laughs> is there meaning it could behind be. it? Yeah, I don't you know. know. And, and like, I know it's going to become a thing. And it's a problem like a because, like, I know just enough uh, about koalas to realize that they should not be celestial beings. Koalas' heads <laughs> are, are huge jerks? and they have little <laughs> tiny brains. Like, most of their head is just liquid, and their brains are super <laughs> tiny. And they all have, Weird. like, STDs, and they're vicious. Oh. They're vicious creatures. Like, oh, no. I have so many questions about why this is the supreme <laughs> celestial being in the Star Trek universe. <laughs> ah, man. I just... Maybe they're not really koalas. Maybe they just look like koalas. Hmm. Yeah, they just t- take on the facade of a koala, perhaps. You know, this was a really thought-provoking episode. I will say that, man. <laughs> Really thought-provoking. <laughs> I think so. You know what's the most thought-provoking of all is the closing gag about Boimler being a small little comedic robot in the shape of a cube. So as much as I loved that bit, they have done the everybody's laughing at Boimler as they fly off into space bit a little yeah, too Yeah, they've done much. it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Get a new shtick. You know, speaking of... Uh, so, you know, the whole, the whole reason why that comes up is because apparently there are stories of the Cerritos amongst at least some of the other California-class ships... So th- this begs the question, you know, the whole the whole concept of this show was, you know, a ship doing, you know, regular Starfleet stuff and they're not really the f- top of the line or in the front lines or anything. But now we hear that the of the lower ships, like the California class ships, the Cerritos is is famous. And I'm thinking like is this in line with the concept of the show? Like does this make sense? You know, on the one hand, no, right? But on the other hand, it is kind of like a neat concept in that they're like the best of the B squads, you know? Mm. So everybody hears their stories, not because they're particularly amazing, you know? They're not they're not the Enterprise out there defeating the Borg. They defeated right. Paclids twice. Yeah, they're like, oh, you got into three fights with Paclids? Yeah, and that's like the like, stories yeah. <laughs> that like don't get told about the Enterprise, right? <laughs> right. It's the one that gets <laughs> skipped over. But everybody's all like, it's like, yeah, we can do stuff. We're not just, you know, space janitors. We can have real adventures. <laughs> That's so they're, right. They're hyping. They too could be captain of the Wayfarer coming soon. If you say so. <laughs> well, I think that might be about it. We no, covered all no, the little details. No, no, no. There's oh, more, more to talk about. The bit on the planet where they get called out by the batters for their shenanigans. Right. I love the fact that Mariner, often the source of shenanigans, doesn't seem to recall any, <laughs> any of, of the, the shenanigans. shenanigans. <laughs> and then Rutherford and <laughs> Rutherford and Boimler go into this big, long, over-talking-each-other spiel about <laughs> shenanigans. All the things, yeah. But Boimler can't seem to be certain on whether they've done time travel shenanigans. Have they in this show? No. But I'm hoping so. in the future they do an episode where they do have time travel shenanigans 
and they wake up Boimler, and then like his groggy state, he interacts with the future selves. So you can never be certain whether it's a time travel episode or whether he was just dreaming. That is what I want to see. And hence, that'll that explain his idea. uncertainty in this scene. That would be amazing. Yes. I, I hope know. that they can go back to it. It is the kind of thing that they would come back to, to be fair. So I think it's very possible. One can only hope. <laughs> what else do you have? That's all I had. Sorry. If anything. I know I made a lot out of it. It's not much. Yeah. Ooh, actually, I do have one more thing. I lied. Oh, yeah? Carlsbad checked her name. Kern. Kern. The... Karn? Kerns. Wait, Kern? Kerns. Wasn't that Kerns. worse brother? Kern? Kern. What the hell? I it's Kern. Go- I, I watched I... it with subtitles on, and it's Kern. K- I, I watched K-E-A-R-S. it with subtitles on, too, but I'm not literate, okay. so, you know. Oh. <laughs> it's all just, problem, so. you know, arcane calligraphy to me. Yeah. What yeah, is going on with her eyebrows in this episode, animators? <laughs> what the fuck? It's like they're on springs or something. They're just always <laughs> bouncing all over the place. Like, up and down, up and down, left and right. Like, they animate the faces a lot in this series. But, like, they do. whole new level. Like, just at one eyebrows? point, I'm pretty sure her eyebrows are up in her hairline. Like, <laughs> whoa, what the F is going on here? I did not notice. Yeah. I feel like you just don't like people that emote. Maybe that's the problem. Dude, if you're emoting so much, your eyebrows have gone to the back of your head, you're emoting too much. <laughs> Fair and you know what the worst part is? Once you see it, you start watching everybody's eyebrows. And, like, <laughs> that's all you can see from there on out. How much is yeah. this guy's eyebrows moving around? It's way too much. Just tone it down a little. It is. Oh, man, it's bad. It's one of those things like sensors where I'm going to start paying attention to everyone's eyebrows. It's all we're going to be talking about in it's the gonna future is going to be sensors and eyebrows. Yeah, possibly. That's a great episode title. <laughs> sensors and eyebrows. Sensors. Sensors. Yeah. Well, do you have more? No, that is all I've got. Actually, <laughs> uh, that's not all I got because, you know, it's all I got left is rocks. Oh, yeah. Me so, too. Rocks uh, in my glass. I, I, I'm out. But you know what? I'll be back next week. I mean, so will Stavros, but mostly me. Yeah. Mostly me. Okay. Uh, for more nonsense next week, uh, this time we'll be talking about episode four of season three. But until then, check us out on Twitter at Lower Dorks for more swaddle talk. Or you can embrace <laughs> your fantasies and a small Grecian man will appear before you. That, that's me, right? Well, you are small and you are Grecian, but you know. That's true. Grecian? 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 Greco? Greco?